You're listening to the Optimal State Podcast. Here we go. Hive Mind Detonation in three, two, one. Let's go. Confronting the lies and bringing the truth to light. The, truth. the mainstream. You can't handle the truth. Has been put on notice. This is the Optimal State Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Optimal State. Now, I have a confession to make to y'all. Uh, man, how do I say this? Okay. Not even that long ago, I was what you would call... Uh, all right, I'll just I'll just come out and say it. I, I was a Democrat. Okay? I, I, I was an actual like self-proclaimed democrat i walked around and i i voted democrat i I literally had a uh a copy of my life i think that's the title of the book we're talking bill clinton's autobiography i walked around reading this 800 page tome proudly i i actually applied to the clinton foundation to work we're talking like this is probably eight nine ten years ago at this point but so anyway, biggest money laundering scheme in the world. Yeah, it's not funny. I feel like if that actually panned out, uh, life could have been pretty interesting, but not in a good way. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to get that out of the way because I want to really kind of jump into like the pathways of how we kind of how we get places in terms of our thought process, you know. And I, I didn't always think of things this way. And I think that there's a lot of people who uh, not rightly look at some conspiratorial minded people and they're just like, Oh, you've always thought that way. But no, there's like, there's a whole unfurling. There's a whole, there's a whole process of getting to here. So I was a Democrat for a while. Like I was in that space. And before that, you know, there's a whole process of getting up to that point. And, uh, you know, it all kind of comes through like media and and how they get to kids. And um, Adam and I were were musicians, and it really started there, man. It started with uh, it started with music and how that kind of got into our heads. And that really, to me anyway, really sent me on a certain course in in how I started looking at the world. But anyway, just uh, putting that out there. That's kind of what we're gonna delve into. Welcome again to the Optimal State Podcast. Uh, I'm here with my bud Adam, as always. How's it going, Adam? Uh, not too bad. I'm joining you from the sunny state of Florida. Uh, so beautiful weather down here. So <clears throat> don't miss New York at all. But unfortunately, I have to come back. Where exactly are you, or whereabouts? Like, what? Uh, you don't have to give me exact coordinates, but where, where exactly, or where approximately are you down there? Uh, I am in the Cocoa Beach area, uh, Cape Canaveral, where they launched SpaceX and uh, the shuttle and all that stuff. So they actually just had a launch uh, two days ago. And uh, I'm like, every time I'm here, they're shooting off a rocket into space. Like, I wonder what the hell they're putting up there, you know? I would think satellites or the space balloons that they're floating around. So I don't know how much I believe of what their space operations are. But uh, I I definitely know they're putting balloons up there that are floating around and that those could be what we know as satellites. So that could be what they're launching. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're like direct energy weapons. Say, wait, no, no, say energy weapons? Nah, I'm, I'm, I said maybe they're, direct, maybe they're direct energy weapons. That's amazing. You really, so tell me more about that. What do you, you what's the, what's the word on the street about these energy weapons? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I was more uh, trying to be, I trying to be funny there. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, you know, they, just have the ability to use lasers from afar to uh, destroy anything. You ever hear that kind of the conspiracy that's what started the forest fires and what was it, 2019 in California? It was like started with the direct energy weapon. And, uh, but, you know, that's obviously rumor. I mean, you know, they can never prove any of that. Or we couldn't unless it like starts happening continuously. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we just have to un. The only way we would prove that is if the entire system came undone and then there was some some authority would need to ensure that information was maintained. So it's like I would say like it's 80, 20 percent that whatever uh, quote unquote authority would come through would be like uh, a maintenance style authority. So I would think they would be more like barbarian horde that they would just kind of want to wipe out whatever order is is uh, existing. I think that's like that's the next phase most likely. I give that eighty percent chance, twenty percent chance. I think they would want to maintain what was established. So that seems to be how it like goes through history. You know, when there's like some sort of empire, there's some sort of civilization, and it gets bloated and too big and starts to fracture. The, the horrors that come from the outside, the barbarian horrors that come in, 80% of the time, they want to just destroy it completely. They burn the Library of Alexandria. They sack Rome. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they they want to just burn Constantinople to the ground. But 20% of the time, they want to preserve what was there before. They want to crown themselves the next Caesar or emperor. They want to maintain the traditions that have been established before. So... Anyway, I don't know. I guess we'll see what uh, what comes our way with that, uh, if it's maintained or not. But I guess going back to what we were talking about before, let's let's like rewind all the way back to when we were first brainwashed as little kids, and let's talk about when we were uh, introduced to music. And I think a lot of uh, it's interesting because you know, as as guys who are both still to this day musicians. I think, and and guys who write music, that's another thing. We don't just play music, we write music. We understand the hypnotizing effect that a really good melody could have, you know, some really catchy hook. And you, Adam, actually, I'll, I'll give you a good call out here. You're a good hook writer, you know? So I think you, of all people, you understand how you could tap into the psyche and get people, you know, uh, connected to that. So let me ask you, do you recall back in the day, like when maybe you kind of like identified music as having that sort of effect on you? And maybe was there a sort of like awareness that it was had maybe some sort of motive behind it? I don't think that there was a moment. Um, I, I didn't I didn't look at the world like that back in the day. I didn't I wasn't really, you know that early on, I wasn't like a super big picture person. I, I kind of took everything at face value. Um, I, I obviously, I didn't know to the extent of, uh, you know, 
the music scene, I mean, the music business, production companies, and all that stuff. And that there's a whole, um, there's kind of whole like, mystifying thing about the music business and the music industry. Um, and uh, as you know, we used to play music a lot. I think that was the hardest thing for us to wrap our head around was the industry and the business part of it because uh, it didn't really matter what kind of products you were really putting out there. Uh, it's just a matter of like who you have backing you and all that stuff. Like, you know, you, you don't think about any of that stuff. You don't think about like the, the narrative driven, uh, the narrative driven schemes of the record industry and how they influence people. Uh, that's why I can feel like we were under an illusion there that we got kind of got caught up in because we're young and we were young and uh, not like we're old now, but you know, we're, we're in the middle of the middle ground now. But back then, I think, I think that we were uh, kind of, like we looked up to these people because think about what you saw on television. You know, you, you saw musicians with the girls and you see, you know, people always crying around these musicians and want to be around them and all this stuff. And I, I, I like, we genuinely love music. I don't think that we got into that specifically before, but we knew like what type of lifestyle was accompanying uh, a musician. And I, I think that um, rather than us like focusing, or I'll speak for myself, because, um, you know, obviously I don't know what's going with your head at the time, but I think for myself, um, you know, I always had, um, I, I always had a connection, uh, a strong connection to music. And I, I think that sometimes when you have a strong connection to something, you're easily fooled by its effect. And you're fooled by the, the people that are involved. And you're fooled by um, things are being presented to you. Because at the end of the day, you, know, you look at these people, they're not heroes. Yeah, most of them are just like, you know, idiots that would probably never be able to work a job, a normal job in their life if they weren't famous. And uh, not to take anything away from them, but I think that by looking up to these people who, you know, I brought up before, before about like, you know, we're looking at the people that shoot heroin and kill themselves and do all this crazy stuff. Like, you know, I wasn't looking up to like an engineer that was like, building a, a product to make the world better. I wasn't looking up the people that were, um, you know, like that are selfless and doing the right thing. You know, I was looking up the people that, uh, that I really wanted to be because of that narrative. And, uh, and like I said, don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I love music and I wouldn't want to not be a musician or I, I wish things were different, but at the same time, I, I definitely think that um, you're, I was being fooled by the illusion that like, oh, I could be that. When in reality, it's like, well, I could be, but why do I want to be that? You know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. You're spot on the money. I resonate with all of that. I think that was my experience largely throughout my uh, my teenage years, you know, in in terms of not being fully aware of what I was being programmed with and starting to idolize uh, a lot of a lot of people who embody destructive behavior. But then it's like you start thinking, hey, how did I even get to that point? What what happened before that? Because I remember even being younger than that before I was in exposed to pop culture, really before I was 
starting to be inundated or basically targeted with it by all sorts of media companies. But when I'm when I'm really young, you think like, what did you what did you aspire to when you were that young? You know, and I mean, with I can't act like I have the most the the most clarity here, uh, as I'm sure a lot of people in their 30s could attest to. But what I do remember is having a much more pure sense of what I aspire to. Right. Like I, I understood the hero narrative in a very pure sense. There were people who did right. There were people who did wrong. I wanted to do more what people did right. And that was it felt natural to do that. I, I'm sure, you know, my parents and the the uh, example that they set, my parents were great. You know, I think they did a pretty good job. They, they set a pretty good example. Uh, and I think that was of course, something that I, I took, but I think there's something that we as humans understand. We understand order. We understand orderliness. We understand how uh, we don't want to cause pain. We don't want to cause destruction uh, in our in our most pure sense. You know, no baby. I mean, well, I guess, yeah, babies do sometimes want to cause destruction, of course. But, uh, you know, as you develop into a sentient human being, I don't think you want to hurt or or destroy others. No, well, I mean, what, what I'll say is when you look at from the outside looking in, and I think that we're both capable of doing that now, you realize that all of it is narrative driven to kind of mold the minds of the younger generation. And it's more a fact now than it ever has been, but I think they like technology back then. So I think it was a little bit harder to have that kind of world but and I, I'll talk about what I brought up to you earlier is what we went through was very similar to what uh, you know African American people uh, were going through um, with and still go through this day with uh, rap music I mean they basically made it seem that it was cool to kill people go to jail deal drugs and commit black on black crime and and that's being presented to um i mean it's being presented to all of us but who do you think that's indoctrinated you know uh and unfortunately this is the world that we're living in where people look up to these people and that there are no heroes at all i mean like i said without that type of uh uh, music, these people would probably, they, they wouldn't be rappers, they'd be in prison. You know what I mean? They wouldn't, you know, they, they would be probably nobody. And they take these people and they make them see like heroes and who does it affect? It affects, you know, as, especially poor people that don't have a way out or they don't believe they have a way out of their situation because you're, you're being presented with people that you know, have a lot of money and they have all the women and the nice cars and a person that is that has nothing who are they going to look up to because they're not presenting the person that is a professor at a Ivy League school like that they're not presenting like uh, an engineer or these people with higher education like that they're presenting the worst of the worst and uh, unfortunately it's affected a, a lot of people and they've uh, literally this is a video of one of the for me. 
he was like sitting with record uh, executives and they said that they were working with the private prison industry to present this narrative so more black people would go to prison. Uh, and you can find like that. I'm not even making that up. I watched the video. So you can, anybody, if you want to look that up, on it, it's somewhere. And it, it's kind of scary because uh, it's literally a way of slave, enslaving modern-day slavery. And uh, any person that is listening to this, I, I hope, you know, what we're speaking about kind of changes their, their view on the music that they're listening to and people that they're being presented with. It goes back to that ancient wisdom. It goes back to that no idols, you know? And I think I remember growing up and and hearing that sort of, you know, that one of the Ten Commandments uh, do not have any idols. And in Islam... Which, by the way, happy Eid, happy Eid. You know, we're coming to the end of Ramadan, so that's a holiday we're celebrating today, as well as a uh, new moon tonight. So interesting sort of uh, kind of synthesis of events, as well as it being 420. So just like happy all the above. But, uh, you know, anyway, I was going back to uh, just the, the programming that you get when you're like, a kid is it's interesting like when that transition happens you know when they like start targeting you and it's if our not to put blame on the generation that came before us but they really did kind of just offer us up basically due to naivete or ignorance you know in a lot of ways it's to to allow this influence into our minds that is like completely just targeted at us but like relentlessly targeted at us like trying to speak to us in our language through our concerns and our our prejudices and you know you would see kids on these commercials or on these shows who you idolized the same thing with music and it was like it was all just like a gradual step up and it was like hey we got your idols we got the the thing you need the the person you want to be we have the the image we're selling you. And I mean, that, that persisted like, and I, I think that stuff is still really deep with a lot of people, you know, and that's why, you know, fast forward to today, fast forward to the 2020s, this entire lockdown, you know, CDC, Wuhan virus madness that occurred that we all experienced. And you see how many so-called rock stars these these supposed embodiments of the revolutionary ideal these these so-called you know uh like f you to the man type of guys how many of them were so quick to be like mask up get a vax or you're a piece of crap like it's unreal how many of these people like tom morello playing these shows telling you f you you don't do what you tell me and you could only go to the show if you have a vaccine. Isn't that, that's just so hilarious. You know, it's like, hey, F you, you won't do what you tell me, but you better get a jab from Big Pharma or you're not coming to the show where you also have to pay a hundred something dollars to come uh, experience this redundant ACDC ripped off rock that I'm going to regurgitate for you. Yeah, and well, yeah, and I think people should ask them this question or themselves this question. Kim Kardashian's a billionaire. Why does she have to take her clothes off? 
you know? And that that is interesting, right? I mean, it's either for attention or just being told to do that. Because, you know, what other billionaire women take their clothes off, you know, and get put it on a, on a magazine? And um, that it's actually sad. And it's actually sad that anybody would look up to these people because anybody that is has that much wealth and they're being forced to take off their clothes and, and present themselves to the world, either to stay relevant or because in order to maintain her status and wealth, she's got to do that. What could be more sad than that? And, and she knows it's going to come to an end. And that's the thing with celebrities. Like, you know, they, they will do anything to maintain their status. They'll do anything to uh, keep their wealth and keep themselves in a situation where they're powerful. And politicians, politicians are different. I, I think that people uh, also need to realize that these people aren't who we think they are, you know, and and it's like social media, These the people that you see and they post this stuff, you, you make assumptions about their lives and we make assumptions about the people that we send television lives. And as we know, narratives are mostly false uh, when they're being presented in that way to us. And without questioning those things that we're seeing, uh, I think you're, uh, people are under like this spell and the, the hypnotic effect of that type of lifestyle. Um, uh, I never posted anything on social media and felt good about it. Um, uh, I, I, it sucks because I think that a lot of young people feel like they have to be a part of that or they'll be an outcast. Uh, I took a sociology course a few years ago, and uh, a lot of the people were young, and they said they basically felt forced that they had to be in that world. And even, like, monkeys will kick out the, the member of their group if they don't, um, if they're not doing what other monkeys are doing, you know what I mean? If, if they're not uh, one with the group. So it's right. like in our DNA to want to be part of uh, the group and something bigger. And I think that it's much, and in today's world, it's much harder to be an individual than ever. Because the more you're an individual, the more misunderstood you're going to be. And that's just the reality because everybody just, you know, wants to be a part of something greater. I mean, or be under the illusion that it is. And uh, you'll always be outside when you have that mindset. And I guess that's the difficult part about uh, the, the the life that like that I'm living in, and then maybe you could agree with this too, because you're always going to be on the outside, and you're going to think of the things that people talk about on a day to day basis, and you're going to look at everything in a way where you you know that like if someone's talking about the news and stuff that's going on in the world, uh, yeah, you're going to know that it's basically all a show for the most part. Let me just say real quick, like what, what we're doing though is yeah. Okay. I, I totally understand what you're saying. We're on the outside looking in, but what we're trying to get to is we're leapfrogging over the illusion that is the, is this inside. And we're trying to get to this optimal state. I mean, that's the point of this podcast, right? Is we're trying to identify the truth. 
And that's that is ultimately the point is is truth. And we do that through our our focus on libertarian principles, which is liberty, freedom of the individual, but as a balancing that kind of through a yin and yang approach with accountability. So we have that libertarian approach, but we're not like unaccountable. We're we're balancing it with true self and societal accountability. And that's not in, in like a, a Marxist sort of way, but that's like in a uh, a way that really is founded in like, I think, the ancient wisdom. And I know you're not like a huge fan of a lot of uh, biblical knowledge, but we're, we're touching on idols. You know, we, we touch on idols and that is a sort of like foundational biblical principle. That's one of the Mosaic laws, like have no idols. And I think that a lot of people could benefit from looking at that sort of ancient wisdom and and basing some of their life on aspiring to that at the very least because it's based in truth you know you don't want to you don't want to have idols it takes you it's it's all an illusion and that's kind of what the point i think of one of the points of this episode anyway was just don't give into the illusion it, i mean we got we got a lot out of our the fun we had with music for sure. Uh, and I'm still having a blast. I love a lot of artists still to this day that, uh, uh, that even I liked back then, but not to the point that I'm, I'm putting them on a pedestal. I mean, I'll be the first to actually rip them off the pedestal when they're ridiculous. I, I actually went quick story. I went down to Nashville. I, I checked out third man records in Nashville. And this was one of the, this was about, Oh man two summers ago, or a year about a, almost two years ago because it was almost two summers ago we're almost summer went to third man records in nashville and it was one of the only stores in nashville that had you wear a mask in the place and i tried to go in like a like a uh a punk and i was trying to put my shirt over my face to just be like okay whatever it is the same thing right yeah because it literally is it's actually probably better if you think about it putting your shirt over your face because then you have like a closed off space underneath. You have like an extra air sac to breathe in. You're not just breathing in a, a mask up on your face. But anyway, they didn't like that. They gave me a mask and I still have it to this day. But that's your uh, your so-called like, you know, rock and roll idol right there. What a disappointment. And I will tell everybody that I am disappointed with that guy. You know, but you can't expect much from a dude who's never smoked weed. I'm pretty sure that's the story i heard from that guy yeah and i agree with uh everything you said um about like, what, what are what we what we we thought up being um with this podcast um i i what i where i was going with that is you know i come with seeking truth and, and always trying to find truth in everything you do there's going to come a cost you know and i'm not saying it's like a super negative thing but when you're consistently on the outside and the more that you're not an individual, the more you kind of drift off from society. Right, I think we're gonna go to just real quick break. We're gonna play a little bit of our, uh, some original music for you all, a little bit of uh, Guitari. And uh, we'll see you on the other side of that, all right?
Welcome back, everybody. This is Adam from the Ultimate State Podcast. Uh, so I guess we'll just pick up kind of where we left off about, uh, you know, I, I guess we talked about social engineering and uh, the effect that it has on society, especially the young people of, uh, you know, this nation and even the world. Um, I, I just personally wish and that people would kind of see the full, uh, the full narrative this whole thing because, you know, to me, not, nothing happens by accident. And what we're seeing from the entertainment industry with, you know, the narratives of, whatever you want to call it, like, you know, you can look at it with the music, sports, uh, what they put on the news. It's all social engineering and Instagram. It's all, all that stuff. It's kind of meant you to, to take you away from your higher self. Uh, it, it, it literally blocks you from centering yourself with the universe. Um, and we're all guilty of it. You know, I'm, you know we're, we're using a device right now to communicate, put on social media. So, you know, we, we, we all kind of play a role in this whole thing. And uh, they're going to make it so that in order to be able to function, you're going to have to be hooked into the system. And... The system, once, you know, we're, we're kind of all, we're already connected. But once everything, our money, our IDs, our, you know, our lifestyles are already attached to it. Um, you know, money kind of is, but not fully yet. Uh, the, the social engineering mechanism is really going to take off because, you know, say this, uh, they, um, they institute a uh, social credit score that is, Tied to, you know, the way you act, uh, you know, yeah, the, what you look on the internet, all this stuff. Um, you know, you're going to be engineered to be a certain person, and uh, it's like you're being programmed. And it's funny. What do they, what do they call television? Programming, and that's exactly what they're doing. And you want to take yourself out of it. But they know that anybody that takes uh, themselves out of that world can't fully function. But what happens when it becomes fully heightened? And now you're forced to be in the system. And the, the whole point of what I'm saying is that yeah, every, everybody kind of like relies on this, um, on, on all these things. People are, are relying on... You know, banking through the internet, the, the you know their lives are tied to social media, Snapchat, Instagram. Uh, everybody's really you know into sports, falling you know they fall into entertainment. But to me, it's all a, a lie. I'm not saying online banking. But I'm just saying everything that is being projected at us um, through the television and the um, and social media is a lie. And I just kind of worry about the future where you're, you're kind of forced to be in that system. You have to participate in this system where you have to be connected. And, you know, that kind of worries me a little bit because it, it kind of ties, like, what is Instagram? You know, you got to have a lot of likes and you're on, like, the top, you know, yeah, you, you want to be on the top of the feed and all this other stuff. It's like, it's almost like it's conditioning us to, uh, to the next oh, it step. Is. 100%. You know? But that's why I feel like the libertarian approach of just, liberty and freedom isn't enough and there has to be accountability because precisely what you're identifying the fear of 
this needing to comply with some sort of social order uh, in order to actually receive anything of, of value from society. You have to participate at this grotesque level and you need to be rated. And if you're not, you're, you're a pariah. You're, you're just out, you're an outcast. You're ostracized from, from everybody, you know? And then uh, it's just, it's interesting to think that there's a, a fear there because the way you, you can't participate in that, the minute that you start participating in that is the minute that you're giving up accountability because you're saying like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give up so much uh, or I'm, I'm willing to give up my, my liberty for that, I guess. So, cause I do feel like they, they have to go in balance. You know, you need to maintain yeah, your true system. Say that again. What was no, there's it no that... liberty when you're going to be involved in the system that I was just talking about. You know what right, I mean? Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a complete inversion of it. Yeah, I, and, that, and that's what really worries me. And I, I think that we're kind of being programmed to accept that new way of life. Uh, they already implemented it in China. So, um, but I, I think that we should talk about like solutions to this problem. Uh, you know, I think we're pretty good at identifying problems and i think a lot of people are but uh um if uh i i think that we should present the solution to this and uh you know i'll ask you what, what do you think is the solution to um you know the the problems that we are facing in society as we enter this new digital age yeah i i do think it's you know i've said it a few times i think it's it's balancing that need to be an individual with a need to take accountability for the the reality you're inhabiting uh the to the world that you kind of want to live in there has to be you can't be passing blame off to others or to systems and i know we're called that's what we do here nonstop. is just call out systems that are failing but the idea is to show the fallibility of those systems so that we're more compelled to build our own from these these failed systems because we're we're raised we're raised from from birth to just always look to authority for the answers and there's there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're looking to like the the prime authority you know but those answers are always that answer is always kind of the same it's like it's always based in like a certain uh, an order like an orderliness of existence the 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 failure comes when you start looking to humans because humans are fallible humans are selfish the the answers that they're trying to provide you are are often they're clouded by those people's intentions what those people want so what i would say is you know in terms of uh, advice i would give is don't don't take my advice because i'm a human you know i'm not going to give any good advice i would think in terms of my humanness but i would say try to look up to not look up, but look to the how things are just look to how things are ordered. Look to how like I've said it before, but look how the sun rises, how the sun sets. There's like a there's a set orderliness to reality in that in that we inhabit. And I think that that's a way to ground yourself in what you're what you're supposed to do. You know, you're supposed to fulfill this orderliness. Like because we understand it, we could comprehend it, we could appreciate it we should do all in our power to preserve it and, and maintain it. 
as we pass through. I mean, that seems to be, to me, like the purest sort of calling, you know, that we could do while we're here. So, and I think when we, when we do commit to that, then we find some sort of peace to ourselves a lot of the time in some way. Cause that's for men that, that is their builder nature. You know, that's their creator nature. That's tapping into the Godhead in that we then start creating. We start sustaining creation through what we build and what we do. So that's what I would uh, encourage is just more, more building, more doing and less destroying, you know, and the, and the destruction comes often when we indulge in our own, like when we want to exert our will on the world at all times. And then, and then the will comes from a certain hedonism. It comes from a certain wanting of uh, desire. And it's, it's interesting because, you know, when I was younger, I, I remember Buddhism having like the, 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 like the foundational principle of Buddhism, which is that suffering comes from desire. Like all suffering is rooting, rooted in desire. And I was like, Oh man, that actually, that makes so much sense. You know, because like, if you weren't wanting things, you would never feel like a sort of pain, like even, even pain, like physical pain is a wanting of not pain. You know, I mean, that's like, it, that, that that is rooted in a sort of desire so anyway that's kind of uh what i would kind of say on that how about you dude what would be your kind of thoughts on that uh i would say that we in collectivism in terms of community but uh on a macro level i would say that you know being individual um and follow individualism uh, because I, without community, we're not going to be able to survive the future. And that's just my belief. Uh, you really got to have a strong community of, of people with the same belief system that can make the world, uh, well, at least your world, a better place. Um, you know, on a, on, a, on a smaller level. Because, you know, we're not going to be president of the United States, you know, to, to, to or not like he makes a difference, but whatever it is. Like, I, I don't believe that, you know, I particularly am going to be, you know, this world-changing person. But at the same time, that I, I really um, would like to think that people believe in the people they're surrounded by uh, to make their lives better. And uh, in the future, is we're going to have to rely on that. And I think, in terms of being an individual on a uh, on a level where you have you know you you have a belief system that um, that you know your own belief system that makes you who you are. And um, I'm not saying that like don't be in religion or don't ascribe to uh, any belief system, any um, like religion or like macro belief system. But I think that on on a level where you're just your own person, and you, you know you don't base your decisions on hive mind thinking. Uh, you can look at everything objectively rather than believing in uh, the crap that they put out there. Uh, whether it's social media or um, anything that's on the television, uh, and just look at everything that you're being told uh, in a way that you're questioning that. And that's all I want people to do is just question the things that they're being told. I want people to be able to question people's behavior, not in an unhealthy way, but a, a way that is meaningful. Uh, because human behavior is like the most interesting subject and topic that I, I love talking about. I, I'm a people watcher and uh, I think that, and not in a creepy way, you know what I'm saying? I'm not like, uh -huh. you know, 
I, I don't got a telescope if they're you know from a balcony, you know, but I'm, I'm saying like no, they're just a pair of binoculars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a telescope would be too obvious. But no, um no, I don't know. I think that people just need to be themselves and uh, be good to other people. Uh do, you know, uh the right thing and you know, it's hard to describe the right thing to people because most people have a version of the right thing. We talk about that all the time. Uh and I think that if I, I, I mean, I'd like to say most people know right from wrong, but I, I, I don't want to put myself in other people's shoes. But I can, uh, I, I try to hold myself accountable to things I do, and um, and sometimes you know when you try to hold other people to that same accountability, not like I'm some moral compass that people should be, you know, following. Uh, you know, a lot of times. You know, it's the exact opposite, not in a way that's harmful, but, um, or I'm doing bad things, but I think I, I make wrong decisions every now and again, and that's fine. But uh, I, I think that the more that you question things, you question yourself, and you want to continuously question yourself as much as you're questioning other people's behavior. You know, you, you want to look within. I mean, it's easy to go around pointing finger at people and everything that's messed up with them or world is i i think that we should more question our own behavior like oh i'm thinking a negative thought about this person why am i thinking that? oh you know i i want to uh uh exert my will with the per this person why do i want to do that uh oh i'm having a you know uh a bad day so i i took it out on somebody like why did i do that and i think those are important questions that i ask myself on a daily basis, you know, if I do something wrong, like this is a perfect example. It's kind of corny, but you know, I was playing softball the other day and I made a diving catch and it was a sick catch because the catch before it, I made a, a really nice catch in the left field. Like I ran like a mile for it. You know, it, it was a really nice catch. Very next play, I make a diving catch and I caught it and the umpire said it hit the ground. So I'm like standing there with my hands in the air, like, yo, yo, what the fuck? What the fuck? You know, I got mad because they stole this catch from me. You know, so then I walked up to the umpires, you know, uh, they're behind the home plate and they're talking to one another. I'm like, yo, what the hell was that? You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, we thought we hit the ground, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I was really pissed off. And this is a freaking. You beat him with the baseball bat. No, no, no. Oh, oh. It's funny that I would get the I would I'd get this angry because it's just a scrimmage and it's just soft. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, I um you know I, I afterwards I felt bad you know and I'm like ah, it's kind of like a dick there um and out of frustration I treated these people undeservingly so and so I <clears throat> um the umpire actually came up to me and apologized for missing the call and I said yeah man I'm sorry I reacted negatively man I, I you know it was just uh, I was just kind of caught in the moment. She and, told him, man, that was my mo that was my moment in the sun, man, and you took no, it away from no, me. I mean, it was just uh, it's not even about that. You know what I mean? It's just um, you know, I, I don't care that I don't want people it's not about people seeing it or blah blah blah. It's just you know, you're proud of yourself for doing something. You know what I mean? And right. someone took it away from you. You know what I mean? It's more along the lines of that because at the end of the day, I I it's like I don't play to I mean it's it's softball. You know what I mean? I don't play for crowd or whatever it is it's just i i just 
you know, sometimes you get frustrated in life. You know what I mean? It could be, you get, you get frustrated over, not you, but be, uh, you know, people get frustrated over the stupidest stuff. And not me, dude. Yeah, no, you can say me. I, I no, definitely no, do. I, I mean, like, I, I speak in terms 100%. of you, like, you know, I, I'm not saying like you directly, but, you know, people get frustrated over stupid stuff. Like, you yeah. know, you can have like a, a minor run-in with somebody and have a negative moment with them. And then, you know, you're like, oh, why did I react to that? Why did, you know, and I, I just think you got to question yourself more than you question other people sometimes. It's so easy to be negative, so easy to judge other people, so easy to constantly be a critic a critic of other people's behaviors. I think that and in order to grow, you have to continuously look at yourself and, you know, um, and, and, and make amends when you do something wrong uh, to somebody else. And uh, obviously, you know, if you shoot somebody, you, you can't just go up to them and say, my bad. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking to that extreme, but you know, I think that generally people can understand from uh, what I'm speaking. Totally, man. However, I would say that this, uh, to the same degree that you have that level of self-criticism, I, I don't think that should not apply to others. That's a double negative. That doesn't make sense. I think it should apply to others, that same level of criticism. Like, I think that they're, and I know that you hesitate to do that sometimes. And a lot of people do that. They don't like to judge others uh, how they think unnecessarily. And I, I think that's a carryover from the boomer generation. The whole do as thou wilt philosophy. Don't judge me. Let me do what I will. I'll I do what I will. You know, they just, uh, as long as I'm not hurting anyone, what does it matter? That's the the basically the boomer philosophy. And I think we've inherited that largely to the point that we almost feel it as like a moralistic thing in our bones, like that we can't judge anybody. But I do feel that if we're holding ourselves to a certain standard and this standard is a, a more absolute standard, that that should apply to the reality we inhabit as well. And I think that that, only will benefit others you know um that's kind of my my view on it but i do i i hear what you're saying dude the individual uh be true to yourself and don't um compromise i think is something that really is is solid i mean that's 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 foundational don't want to yeah. be uh um, and you know i'm not I'm not saying that a person should do whatever they want, whenever they please, and then, uh, oh, sorry, you know what I mean? I stole from you, my bad. It's it's that simple. I just think that uh, my, my main point is, I, I think that rather than constantly judging others, I, I think that, that uh, you benefit more from not ob objectively looking at yourself constantly, consistently, and trying to develop and um develop better behavior patterns well when i think you do hold yourself to a true high standard you will hold others to a such a high standard as well it'll just it'll be natural like you can't you can't hold yourself to a high standard and and tell like i think truly tolerate a certain amount of however you want to call it depravity degeneracy violence uh chaos you know it's like I, people people would hear me right now saying this they're like oh i don't agree with you i have i have a uh i have a friend who is a mess and i'm like with them all the time 
yeah, are they pooping their pants like around you? Like there's a certain level that we're not allowing ourselves to to be at. And certain people do allow themselves to be around people who will, you know, uh, poop their pants or have certain disgusting, uh, you know, you look at their fingernails, they haven't bathed in like a week. They're super into drugs or other sort of behaviors. And people freely associate with people like that. And they, they are uh, not only just freely associate, but that's, that these are their uh, friends. This is their associates. It's not just freely associated because like Jesus associated with all manner of people. He hung out with these people, but it wasn't like he, I don't think he was considering them his peers. There's a difference between that. You know, there's a difference between saying like, oh yeah, I just, we're hanging out. We're going to, we're just, we're just doing nothing. We're just me and the guy who hangs out in front of the gas station, you know, and just picks up the fucking cigarette stubs all day. Yeah. He and I are like chilling today. Uh, you know, that, Anyway, I'm just saying, I don't even know what I'm saying, actually, at this point. But uh, I think it's about time we close up the shop, the Optimal State shop. Um, That's really all I got to say today. You know, we talked about idols. We talked about um, solutions to knocking the idols out, knocking the idols off the pedestal. Anything, Adam, you wanted to kind of leave the masses with today? Yeah, um, I I would just... You know, just remember to uh, question yourself consistently as much, at least as much as you question other people. Uh, I think that's important. And also remember that sins are of omission and commission. So if you're leaving stuff out uh, to benefit you or you think that nobody knows your secrets, it don't work that way. So, and uh, I'm not even, I'm not even from, from a, a super religious standpoint, but I'm just saying from more of a universal standpoint. But everyone have a great night, and I hope uh, you enjoy this nice weekend. Yes, have a great time, great weekend. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Optimal State. See you next episode.